Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star for this first week in this series on the life of Jonah and this life that Jonah was trying not to live, but God had in store. So would you go ahead and do me a favor? Turn to the book of Jonah. You're like, where in the world? So go to Psalms between the Psalms and the New Testament, all right? And so right in between, you'll find the book of Jonah. I'll give you a couple minutes to get over there and uh, to find your spot. Well, today is a great Sunday to get to kick this off. We've had two great weeks, Chris the other week, Casey last week. Would y'all give them a hand for the great job they did speaking and leading? They did a great job. And today we get to dive in this new series that'll take us really almost up to school starts for all of us that are hanging on to what's left of summer schools right around the corner. But I think this series is going to hit us right where we need hitting. So Jonah's one of those stories that we've probably, a lot of us, even if you didn't grow up in church, You've probably heard of Jonah. How many of y'all have heard of the story of Jonah before? Raise your hand if you've heard the story. So you may know a lot, you may know a little, and you wonder, all right, is this one of those stories that's really real, or is this one of those stories that's like a story to illustrate a principle? Well, we know two things. Number one, Jesus compared his resurrection to the story of Jonah being in the belly of the fish. So Jesus said, I'm going to go three days, three nights into the earth, like Jonah was in the fish for three days, three nights. So that, that tells you a little something. I remember hearing the story of a guy sitting on a train one time. He was reading his Bible. Guy sat down next to him. He's like, man, what are you reading? He's like, I'm reading the Bible. He says, you don't believe that stuff, do you? The guy's like, yeah, I, I really do. He says, you're telling me you think there was a 14-year-old kid that took out a, a, a rock and slung it and hit a giant in the head and the guy fell? He said, I, the Bible says it, man, I believe it. He said, you're telling me you think there was a guy named Moses? I mean, that was the story, right? Moses, he, he took his people across the Red Sea, and when he stepped in, the waters parted. You really believe that? He's like, dude, I do. It's in the Bible. I, I believe it. And he said that, I mean, Jonah, the story of Jonah, like he was thrown off a boat, and he lived in the belly of a fish for three days. You really believe that? He's like, dude, I do. But I'll tell you what. One day when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah and verify that was true. And the guy said, what are you going to do if he's not in heaven? He said, then you ask him. All right, and so I don't know where you fall on the story of Jonah, but Jonah's one of the stories that it's tucked in there for a reason. And there's principles. Some of y'all about 25 minutes from now go, ah, oh, that was pretty good. All right, and so there's, principle, there's principles in Jonah's life that are you and I. Because God's going to call Jonah on a trip Jonah didn't want to go on. And there's not one of us that at some point in our journey, God hasn't tapped us on the shoulder and asked us to do something that was a tad bit uncomfortable. Jonah chapter one, we're gonna dive in and start reading. Jonah one, verse one, if at any point I'm saying something you're not reading in your app, on the screens, just look up, we'll chit chat about it a little bit and we'll dive back in. This is what scripture says. The word of God came to Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. All right, time out real quick. Yes or no? Did God have a specific message for Jonah? Yes or no? Yes. He had something for Jonah. There are times there are things that are blanket things for all of us. Then there are times that God speaks to us specifically. 
he is speaking to Jonah specifically. There are general invitations that are for all of us. Love your neighbor as yourself, all of us. What God was telling Jonah was a word from the Lord came to Jonah. And so many times we go, well, if God would just tell me what he wants us to do, I would just do it. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. We'd be just like Jonah. God speaks specifically to us. If God will just speak directly to me, I'll do whatever he says. So the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Look at it. Saying, arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, cry against it, for their wickedness has come up to me. So God says, Jonah, I got something for you. I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to speak and preach in Nineveh. This is what I want you to do. I've equipped you. I've called you. I want you to go. And look at what the Bible says. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. All right, time out real quick. So God looks at Jonah and he goes, Jonah, I got a call for you. I want you to go to Nineveh was a great city, but Nineveh was a wicked city. I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach. And Jonah's like, you know, God, I think that I might go the other way. Do you know that back during this time, Tarshish, this town, wasn't a town that Jonah grew up vacationing in. It wasn't like he had a timeshare and he's got to get his week, you know, vacation in. It wasn't like he had relatives there. Tarshish was the westernmost part of the known world at that time. So here's what Jonah was saying. God, I'm going to go as far from you as I possibly can so I can get away from what you want from me. Now, I know none of you would ever do that, but Jonah did. Jonah said, God, I know you want me to go to Nineveh, but I'm going to go totally opposite. I'm going to go as far west as I can go from what you have for my life. Now, here's the scary part. The scary part is God always allows us to go, doesn't he? God always allows us to make that trip. God can tap us on the shoulder. God can tell us what our Nineveh is, and we can go the exact opposite direction. Keep reading with me. So he went down to Joppa. He found a ship which was going to Tarshish. He paid the fare. He went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Jonah wanted to get as far away from what God wanted as he could possibly get. All right, time out. We gotta, we gotta sit on this for a second. Why did Jonah wanna get away? Because when God calls us to our Ninevehs, it makes us incredibly uncomfortable. We like comfort, we like stability, and we like things to work the way we want them to work. And God's saying, Jonah, I've got something to you, and it's going to make you uncomfortable. And so Jonah goes, I'm going to go as far away from the presence of the Lord as I can possibly go. Verse 4, so the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea. There was a great storm on the sea so that the ship was about to break up. Then the sailors became afraid, and every man cried to his God. So they all on there, this wasn't a, um, you know, this wasn't a Christian cruise, all right? And so they're all out. They're just calling to whatever God they worship. They're just hollering out to whoever that might answer. They don't even care who's going to answer. And they threw the cargo, which is in the ship, into the sea to lighten it for them. So the whole purpose of the trip was to carry cargo from one point to another. Cargo didn't even make it because they're having to throw it overboard. But Jonah had gone below into the hold of the ship. He had laid down and he had fallen. Sound what? He was sound asleep. 
Jonah was oblivious to the madness going on around him. He's down there just snoozing it up. So the captain approached him and said, how is it that you are sleeping? I'm sure that there are words that the captain had edited out. All right, and so how is it that you're sleeping? Get up, call on your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. Jonah, we don't know who you are. We don't know how you ended up on this boat, but if you've got any God that you pray to, call out. We'll take any help that we can get. And each man said to his mate, come let us cast lots so that we may learn on whose account this calamity has struck us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on who? The latecomer. The guy who just got on the boat. The lots fell on Jonah. And they said to him, tell us now, on whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? And he said to them, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And then the men became extremely frightened, and they said to him, how could you do this? Now here's the verse. Of all the chapter, here's the verse. For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because Jonah had told them. Guys, I'm not going on vacation to Tarshish. God wanted me to go this way. I wanted to go this way. And so I don't want what God has for me. And Jonah owned it. The sailors already knew. They knew the story. Keep reading with me. So they said to him, what should we do to you that the sea may become calm for us? For the sea was becoming increasingly stormy. He said to them, pick me up. I don't know what made Jonah think of this. Pick me up. I would have thought of something else. Hey, next port. I mean, I'll get off, ferries, whatever. Will you get me off the boat? Pick me up, throw me into the sea, and then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that on account of me, this great storm has come upon you. Jonah goes, I know it's my fault. However, the man rode desperately to return to the land, but they could not, for the sea was becoming even stormier against them so they were trying not to throw it wasn't like they looked at Jonah and went oh yeah dude needs to go overboard it was like the last resort they tried to row the sea was angry and there before George Costanza and they were trying to they were just trying to get to shore and then they called on the Lord and said we earnestly pray O Lord do not let us perish on the account of this man's life and do not put innocent blood on us for you O Lord have done as you have pleased so they picked up Jonah they threw him into the sea and the sea stopped its raging then the men feared the Lord greatly and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord who they made the vows and made vows and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the stomach of the fish for three days and for three nights. All because, all of this, because God sent Jonah somewhere he didn't want to go. See, God may not ever call you to a Nineveh, but you've got a Nineveh. You've got something that God has laid on your heart specifically for you and you have a choice do I go the direction God is calling me even though it's extremely uncomfortable even though it gets me out of what I like 
or do I flee to Tarshish? And here's what I'll tell you, all right? Time out. Yes or no? Does God have a best for your life? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Thank you. All right, and so God has a best for your life. We got excited people on the front row. Remember that when you sit in the back, all right? And so God has a best for your life. Yes. But does the enemy have a plan for your life? Yes or no? Yes. There was a boat waiting on Jonah, and there will be a boat waiting on you when you want to run from God. You can always find a way out. There's always a ship headed in another direction. The enemy will see to it. We all have Nineveh. I want you to write down a little thought at the top, then we're going to dive in our outline. Nineveh is this. I want you to write this little thought down. Nineveh is the place that God calls you where you don't want to go. Nineveh is the place that God calls you that you don't want to go. That's your Nineveh. It's funny down here in Compass, and I know y'all did this in True North too. We talked about our trip to Haiti, and I got to be there. So I think I took my first trip in 2011. I have been at North Star since 1997. I had been at North Star. My first trip out of the country was in 2011. See, the way I grew up, we, this was my, I remember one time our kids had to bring home this little map from school and they had to put pins in it of all the places they'd traveled. And it was pathetic because they'd been to Gatlinburg, Panama City, and Hilton Head, all right? And so it's like, dude, that's all, that's all of the world my kids know. Don't judge me, all right? And so that's just the way it was. And so every year I would stand up here and go, hey, we got a mission scene. We've been doing missions since the first day of North Star. We've gone all over the world. And I'm like, God is calling some of you to go. Not me, but he's calling some of you to go. And I do this every year. And finally, in 2011, Marsha, our missions director, came to me and she said, you know, Mike, it would be really good if you would go. I'm like, I know, Marsha. All right, when's the next trip? All right, so who can, who can I get to go on this trip? And I remember I finally went in 2011. And you know why I didn't want to go? Was, it, was I afraid? A little, a little. I mean, do they have Diet Coke? I mean, what, I mean, do I have, is it going to be comfortable for me down there? But I was afraid because I knew they'd want me to preach. I had never preached with a translator. Never. And I was scared. It was uncomfortable. For many years, missions was my Nineveh. Yeah, I like making people feel comfortable and making people laugh. I'm like, are my jokes going to work down there? The answer to that is no, they don't. All right, and so I tried. <laughs> I did one on the last trip, and everybody's like, dude, leave it alone. All right, your humor doesn't coordinate down there. And, and, and it's a fear. But that was a Nineveh for me for many years. It's so funny, even up until the night we left on the trip, I was trying to figure out a way to get out of it. And this was my sixth or seventh time going because it's uncomfortable. I'm not in my, I'm not in my slot down there. I don't feel, I don't feel like I, I've got my bearings. I don't really have a lot to offer. That's the way Ninevehs are to us. But when God calls you somewhere, everybody look at me, we're going to dive in. When God calls you somewhere, there is a purpose and plan behind it that you don't want to miss. Would you pray with me? Right where you're seated this morning, man, would you just ask God to speak to you? Would you?
God, we long to hear your voice and we long to hear your call. But God, I pray that our hearts are as, as obedient as our minds want them to be. So God, take these few short minutes. You left us the story for a reason. You didn't just put it in there so we'd have a great story to tell at a vacation Bible school. You left us the story because we're in it. We all have been Jonah. So God, speak to us. Teach us. Show us what you have for us. And Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Pen, pencil, something to write with. You get your thumbs to type with. If you got the app open, I want you to write down three things. Number one, I can run from God, but it always comes at a great cost to me and others. I can run from God, but it always comes at a great cost. I want you to write down a little thought under number one. Ready? Here's the thought. My life always affects other people. Would you write that down? My life always affects other people, good or bad. My life always affects other people. None of us live on an island. Now, here's the craziest part of this whole story. Think back to the call. God spoke to who about going to Nineveh? Who did he speak to? Jonah. But Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. Jonah wanted to go opposite of Nineveh. And because of Jonah's disobedience, other people's lives were affected. Do you know that the same thing's true in our lives? When God calls us to something and we say no to it, it may be us saying no, but other people's lives are affected. These poor sailors didn't have anything to do with Jonah's disobedience. They just happened happen to get caught in the crossfire of it i love how it just sort of walks through he paid the fare to go with them to tarshish they were already going but jonah had to pay then the sailors jonah 1 5 became afraid they threw cargo which was in the ship to lighten it for them so people that were expecting product to get there didn't get there not because of any other reason than Jonah's disobedience. God sent the storm. It affected everybody's life. Jonah 1.12, I know that on account of me, this great storm has come upon you. I want you to write down this little thought. Ready? When I disobey God, when I disobey God, there are consequences. I wish there weren't, but there is. When you run from God's best, other people are always affected. So let's, let's play this out a little bit. Maybe you're a gentleman sitting in here and God's been tapping you on the shoulder about seeking him with all that you have. You're willing to come to church. You're like, all right, I want you to get off my back. I'll go. I know the kids need to be in church and I'll get them there. So I'm here. So congratulations. Glad you made it. All right, we'll keep it to an hour so you're safe. All right, so, but... But that's all I'm going to do. Well, Mike, what, what is my disobedience knowing that God has more? What, is, what does that matter to my family? What could your kids be if they really saw their dad sold out? Maybe your mom in here. And God's been tapping you on the shoulder about doing something, and you're like, no, I, this is it. Listen, whenever we don't fall into the 
channel of where God has sent us, there are consequences to our disobedience. You know, I think about North Star. I remember it was the summer. In fact, I was telling this story a couple weeks ago at our camp. It was the summer of 1996, and I knew, I knew where I was was not where I would needed to be. And we made the decision that fall to start North Star. I was terrified. We had no funding. We had no staff. We had no building. We had no budget. We had no van. I remember the very first trip our students went on. They're like, where are we going to meet? We met at a school. They're like, where are we going to meet up to leave on the trip? We didn't know. We'd have copy machines. We didn't have anything. I was terrified. But I think about them. What if that group of people back then had said, no, 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 no. We're going to go, we're going to stay where it's safe. We're not going to go to Nineveh. How many of you sitting in this room now would say, Mike, before I started coming to North Star, I was not connected with the Lord at all. And being here has reconnected my life with Christ. Raise your hand around this room. If, if that group of people had been disobedient to where God had called them, thousands and thousands of lives would have been different. See, if you'd have told Jonah on the front end, Jonah, you understand if you go to Tarshish and you run from God's presence and you run from God's best, you're going to hurt other people's lives. I'm curious what Jonah would have done. But when you are caught in that pinch, here's what I will tell you. You will always think about you before you ever think about others. Would y'all agree with that? When I'm selfish, I always think about me. Well, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I don't want to go there. It's uncomfortable. The people won't like me. The people aren't going to listen to me. The people aren't going to hear from me. But there's fallout and calamity behind the scenes. Whenever we miss God's best, our disobedience to what God has called us to do will cause effects and ripples in other people's lives. The, the New Testament would say this way, you are going to reap what you what? Sow. So if I sow disobedience and I sow walking away from God's best, even when I know what I'm supposed to do, man, there's going to be a harvest one day. Jonah's harvest just came really quick. Some people, it's years down the road. For Jonah, it was minutes Number two, I can run from God, but I eventually won't be able to control the chaos that will follow. You can run from God. He'll allow you. But you can't control the chaos that follows. That harvest, when it comes, you can't keep down. It just comes. So here's Jonah. He wakes up. They're like, dude, man, you got to, number one, you got to get up and you got to come up here and you got to call out to whatever God you got and we'll take whatever help you can offer. And then Jonah goes, guys, it's my fault. Regretted it, I'm sure. Felt terrible about it, I'm sure. But Jonah was stuck. When we run from God, we can't control the chaos. And I want you to write down a little thought under number two, ready? Every step out of the will of God is a downward step. 
when we choose to step out of the will of God, God's best for us, when we choose to step out of God's best, it's always a downward step. So God told Jonah to go to where? Where did he tell him to go? Nineveh. Help me out. God told Jonah to where to go? Nineveh. Jonah went to Tarshish. Now, was Tarshish a bad place? No. Was like God like, oh, no, Jonah. That's a terrible. That Tarshish, it didn't matter the city. Tarshish was just opposite of God's best. Sometimes we look at it and God, get this, okay. Let's, let's walk through this real quick. God taps us on the shoulder. Remember, we're sitting in church and he taps us on the shoulder and he says, man, I've, I've got something more for you. Maybe it's to get in, a, get in a small group. Maybe it's to begin to give. Maybe it's to go on a trip. You heard a, a trip to Alabama come in. We could do that, what, whatever it is, all right? And we go, I, I just don't want to do it. Every time our heart says no to God's best for our lives, it is a sin. And you're like, well, how is that a sin? Sin is missing God's best. Right? It's not some big, terrible thing we're going to go out to do. And every time I miss God's best, my heart gets a little harder to his voice. Would you all agree with that? Every time I miss God's best, my heart gets a little bit harder to his voice. And I miss what God has for us. And none of us, none of us want that. But man, it's so easy to miss. Point number three. Ready? I can run from God, but I can't outrun God. I can run from him, but I can't outrun him. We can go the complete opposite direction. And God will find us. Here's the crazy part of the story. Everybody look at me. Not to punish us. God finds us to love us. God doesn't chase you down to go, I told you you were going to screw this thing up. He doesn't chase us down to go, look at the mess you've caused. He chases us down because he's got something better. The psalmist said it this way in Psalm 139. God, where can I go to flee from your presence? Can I go to the heights? Can I go to the depths? No, God, you're there. Man, there's some of us We've been running for years. We knew what God had for us. We said no to it. Wasn't comfortable. Didn't line up with our timing. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna sit back. And lessen the influence you could have had. To live a life of no regrets, it is a, it's a life that says yes when he calls. Whatever it may be. 
If you go back to any great story in the Old Testament, Hebrews 11, let's take Hebrews 11, the great characters, all of them started with their own Nineveh. Abraham, go into a country, I'm going to show you. What is it? I'll show you. Noah, build a boat. For what? Rain. It's never rain. What's rain? Just build the boat. It's Nineveh. Every great story always begins in an uncomfortable situation. God did not bring you to North Star. Everybody listen to me. God did not bring you to North Star to warm a seat for us. God brought you here because he's got something bigger for you. He didn't bring you here just to come. That's how it begins. But he brought you here because he's got a story for you. He's been chasing you all these years. Finally, you hit that wall. You ended up in the belly of the fish. You just showed up. Now you get a choice of what you do next. Would you pray with me? Right where you're seated this morning. Would you just say, God, I want to hear from you. God, I want my yes on the table. God, I don't know what it is you've got, but I want it. I don't want to run anymore. I don't want to hide anymore. Just take a second. Talk to him.